big victory for President Trump and his travel ban. Plus, the president wants you to know that his detention centers are better than Obama's. Seriously. And is a great American company waving the white flag? Why Why it has everything to do with President Trump. This is the State of America tonight. This Supreme Court is upholding the president's travel ban. Today's Supreme Court ruling just coming out a tremendous success, a tremendous victory for the American people. Let's be clear. Donald Trump won. It's the party of Maxine Waters. Do you believe her? I did not call for harm for anybody. The president lied again. We are allowed to disagree, but we should be able to do so freely and without fear of harm. Harley Davidson now says it's shifting some production overseas to avoid new tariffs from the EU. His policies are destroying this kind of Mm. employer in the United States. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. Vindication, that's the word from the White House today. After the, after the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, handed down a big decision in the president's favor, upholding the president's travel ban that has been caught up in the courts since its inception back in January of 2017, a travel ban that has its roots in this infamous campaign pledge. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. From there came travel ban one, which tried to impose a temporary ban on citizens coming from seven Muslim-majority countries. We won't stand by as you turn away. The rollout declared a nightmare by nearly everyone. That weekend, if you remember, uh, there were millions of people who were getting on airplanes. There were uh, green card holders, people who are naturalized, uh, who are in the process of getting naturalized, who were trying to get back to their families, and they couldn't because they weren't sure whether or not they would be allowed into this country. There were people who were uh, held up at airports uh, for hours and days as the court system was trying to figure out whether or not this thing could actually go in, into uh, get into place. So uh, the, it was frankly just incompetent. So the administration tried again and again, finally landing on what we, know, we now call Travel Ban 3.0. And that is what made its way to the Supreme Court. This version, it restricts travel from seven countries, five of them Muslim-majority countries. But this time, the policy came after a worldwide review of vetting procedures of these countries and their security postures. That's what the administration said. And the Supreme Court today says that ban will stand and is well within the president's powers. The majority writing this. The president of the United States possesses an extraordinary power to speak to his fellow citizens and on their behalf. The president then had this to say today. Today's Supreme Court ruling uh, just coming out a tremendous success, a tremendous victory for the American people. On Capitol Hill, the reaction split along party lines. This is not a Muslim ban. It's not anything that... President Obama didn't uh, do when he was president. So uh, so I'm not surprised the Supreme Court ruled the way they did. But I think he was trying to keep the country safe. I, I don't agree with the Supreme Court ruling, but, but to categorically uh, brand people because of their religion or their uh, background, what country they're from, is just not the way we do, should do things in America. Now, the first Muslim elected to the U.S. Congress, Congressman Keith Ellison, he had this to say. 
Our country uh, has gone through some ugly days. I mean, the Supreme Court in the 1850s said that it was okay to own a, a black person. That was the Dred Scott decision. That decision hit the dustbin of history. So did Plessy versus Ferguson. So did Korematsu. And this one will, too. Passion outside the court, but we're also told passion was also very evident inside the court as well. I've been covering the Supreme Court for more than 25 years, and these were the most dramatic moments in the courtroom I have ever seen. For 40 minutes, beginning with the Chief Justice John Roberts in the center chair, telling people why this is a valid exercise of Donald Trump's authority over immigration. In a blistering dissent, the justices wrote in the minority this, in part, the majority here completely sets aside the president's charged statements about Muslims as irrelevant. It tells members of minority religions in our country that they are outsiders, not full members of the political community. But again, that was the minority opinion from the court today. What the Supreme Court is saying here is that, you know, President or candidate Trump may have said things that it is easy to denounce, but this order itself is within the core powers of the presidency. Not they said when when the executive order is so clearly within the president's power, we are not going to consider what he said during the campaign discriminatory though though that may that may have been the president says this ruling is vindication well then what is this harley davidson's decision to move some of its production overseas due to trump slapping tariffs on allies harley davidson is using that as an excuse and i don't like that because i've been very good to harley davidson and they used it as an excuse and i think the people that ride harleys are not happy with harley davidson and i wouldn't be either That's just after the president predicted the company's demise, tweeting, if they move, watch. It will be the beginning of the end. They surrendered. They quit. But Harley's not alone. The nation's largest nail manufacturer is now saying that they'll have to lay off some 60 workers as a result of the president's tariffs. The the plant imports its steel from Mexico. This is a company that has grown, doubled its workforce, despite the fact that the Chinese have been unfairly competing with it. The administration comes in and slaps on this tariff and is able to do something that the Chinese never were able to do, which Mm -hmm. is put this company on the brink of extinction. As for Democrats, they say this is not the end of it. What I'm worried about is that is just the first of many that we're going to see as a result of these tariffs. It's easy for somebody like Harley Davidson to pick up a factory. It's a lot harder for my soybean farmers to move their farms overseas. So these tariffs need to be really, really carefully thought out and not just shotgun the way we see them. Now, this is also one of those rare moments where things don't cut across party lines so cleanly. Here's Republican Ben Sass. The problem isn't that Harley is unpatriotic. It's that tariffs are stupid. And calling a presidential policy stupid pretty much passes as civil discourse these days because, because, let me ask you this, how is this winning on the civility front? White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders called for everyone yesterday to bring down the temperature after she was asked to leave a Virginia restaurant and after a Democratic congresswoman, Maxine Waters right there, urged supporters to essentially harass Trump administration officials wherever they see them. We are allowed to disagree, but we should be able to do so freely and without fear of harm. And this goes for all people, regardless of politics. 
Some have chosen to push hate and vandalism against the restaurant that I was asked to leave from. A Hollywood actor publicly encouraged people to kidnap my children. And this weekend, a member of Congress called for people to push back and make clear to those serving their country in this administration that they are not welcome anywhere, anytime, for anything. Healthy debate on ideas and political philosophy is important. But the calls for harassment and push for any Trump supporter to avoid the public is unacceptable. So cool it down, folks. That was yesterday afternoon. Hours later, we got this from her boss. But Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon calls me up and he's like a nice guy. He's lost. He looks like a lost soul. The, the guy on CBS is, is what a low life. What a low life. I mean, honestly, are these people funny? Arnold Schwarzenegger, big movie star, took my place. It bombed in about two shows. It was over. <laughs> Prime Minister, Justin. I say, Justin, what's your problem, Justin? So, Canada. Oh, Canada, I love their national anthem. Oh, Canada. I like ours better, however. We had all the votes, and then one gentleman early in the morning, like 2 o'clock in the morning, he went, no. And he, perhaps he was grandstanding. Who knows what he was doing? Look at all those fake newsers back there. Look at all. That's a lot. So, what was that again about a healthy debate on ideas? Maybe we can officially say this is one White House that is now officially unqualified to be giving anyone lectures on civility. They weren't qualified before, and they definitely aren't now. But what's going to stop them, right? Let's get back over to the White House and check in on how that civil discourse is going. Just kidding. Sarah Westward is there. She's joining me right now. Sarah, the president had a lot to say about this very big Supreme Court decision today. Lay it on us. That's right. President Trump describing this as, quote, profound vindication and as a tremendous victory for his administration. That court ruling five to four that the travel ban fell within President Trump's constitutional authority under immigration laws. And notably, the Supreme Court did not interpret Trump's statements about banning all Muslims from the U.S., which he made during the campaign, as legal evidence of the motivation behind the policy. Of course, the executive order examined by the Supreme Court was actually the third version of the travel ban. Trump made reference to this fact in comments to reporters earlier today. That ban did ban uh, people from five Muslim-majority countries, but two of those countries, North Korea and Venezuela, on the list were not majority Muslims. That was a key part of the government's argument in this case. So President Trump clearly signaling to reporters that uh, he's emboldened by the fact that the first major case involving questions of his abuse of his presidential authority came out favorably, Kate. That's one way. That's one. That's definitely the way they're looking at it right now. Sarah, great to see you. Thank you so much. Don't you think one second we're not going to hear more from the president about all this coming up for us. President Trump calls today's ruling on his travel ban a tremendous victory. Does it also lay the groundwork for much more? The panel is next. A tremendous success, a tremendous victory. That is how President Trump is celebrating today's Supreme Court ruling on his travel ban. So what does the ruling mean and where do we go from here? The panel tonight, Caitlin Huey Burns, national political reporter for Real Clear Politics, CNN legal analyst Paul Callen, Charles Blow is a CNN political commentator and New York Times opinion columnist Nan Hayworth is a Republican and former former Republican congresswoman. Great to have you all here. Paul Callen, what is the biggest takeaway that you take from the Supreme Court today? 
uh, my takeaway is that, you know, the opposition to the court's ruling today, and I happen to think it was a correct ruling by the majority, um, they're fighting the battle of travel ban number one. Uh, And there were a lot of legitimate criticisms about travel ban number one. But this thing has been rewritten three times. And I think the new version, as outlined by Justice Roberts in the decision, carefully delineates that they're not trying to discriminate against the Muslim religion, but they're trying to narrow down people who might be a threat to the United States for extra vetting. And those, some of those people come from Muslim countries, but Venezuela and even North Korea was on the list as well. So I think that as rewritten, the order is constitutional, and I happen to agree with the court's ruling. It's still, um, after everything that was said, though, from the president, I mean, this was like an internal dialogue that went on for two-plus years on the president, and where it started and where it ended up. Uh, I mean, every Democrat I spoke with was blown away that all of his remarks are now set aside. What are you, what's your reaction to it today? Well, it's, I think it's interesting that, that, that the court is basically saying the intention does not matter, right? Because the intention is absolutely clear. It is indisputable. He said it multiple times that his intention was to ban Muslims from coming to the United States. He said that. I'm not making it up. That is not analysis. That is not my interpretation of what he said. Those are the words that he said. The court is basically saying... It does not matter what he said. We're going to look at the letter of the law separate from his intention in doing whatever he did. And no matter how many iterations we've gone through and them trying to make it feel less like what he wanted it to be, we're going to look at that and not the intention. That's an extraordinary thing. And it is not divorced from American history. The court has often accepted and facilitated discrimination in America. That's just the truth. That is the history of America whether that be slavery, whether it be Japanese intern, uh, uh, internment camps, whether that be uh, Percy B. Ferguson. The court has done this. This is our American court. It has done this thing. And they're doing this thing again. And so that is where we are. Nan, why are you shaking your head? Well, I think on a, a practical basis, uh, Kate, uh, in addition to which the court actually overturned Korematsu, uh, today, in its, in its opinion, by the way, repudiated Korematsu, the Japanese-American internment uh, decision. But this was a decision based, I agree with Paul, not on race, not on religion, but on risks to national security. This ban excludes 45 other Muslim-majority nations across the world. It's impossible to argue. It includes two non-Muslim-majority nations. It is impossible to argue. The in fact, that's what the court said. But what the court said was that this ban is, is, is relevant to national security, has to do entirely with the fact that we cannot trust these nations, the nations on that list, the seven nations, to vet properly, to assist. They don't have government systems that either will work with us or are organized enough to protect national security. That is solely what this is about. Keith Ellison (laughs) said to me, this is putting lipstick on a pig. Senator Hirono says that what the Supreme Court is saying, um, a Democratic senator said, the Supreme Court essentially saying today is that, Mr. President, you can do whatever the hell you want. Is this over? Well, what's interesting is Paul laid out very eloquently the parameters of this discussion, but the president is not going to talk about it in those terms. He is declaring this as 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 a victory. And my question is, no matter what this decision was, 
what does it actually prompt the president to do or empower him or make him feel empowered to do? This is a president who loves executive order, and we have a Congress, um, as we all know, that has been in gridlock for several years, but even more so now, and particularly on issues that are as complex as immigration. And, and, and so you bring up what does point. him, what, what does this prompt does him to that, do? Does this limit him or give him room to run if the president would now say, I want to add nations to this list? Well, I, you know, I, the court lays out in its analysis um, how a, a proper way to draft legislation like this, where you have to ent- create categories of risk that aren't necessarily related to religion or nationality. Yeah. And they say essentially that the new one, the, the number three one, uh, fulfills that. So I think as long as the president follows mm-hmm. that uh, formula, he's not going to have a problem. And just right. hearkening back to what Charles said, um, I, have, I agree with you completely about the inappropriateness, the craziness of the things Trump has said during his campaign and during his presidency. But the court was focused on the presidency as an institution, not as an individual. And frankly, what are we going to do? Just open our borders completely because Donald Trump's president? There have to be restrictions. But let me say this, all right? So you get a bunch of smart lawyers, and we'll find a way to craft legislation that does not specifically say anything about religion, and you can still get to where you want to be. I think the the, the bigger danger here is not even in the legal arena. Mm -hmm. It is in the public arena. Because the public did not follow version one, two, and three, every, everything. In no, not even what close. They, what yeah. they did here, however, was the person who became the, United, the, the president of the United States says, I want this particular group of people not to be here. That, that was an explicitly discriminatory thing for him to say. And, and he is going to sell it already. As, this is my victory. On the things that I promised, right? He's not. He's even not though saying, he, even he's, though he exactly, trashed it for being, exactly, for being watered exactly. down. Exactly. And so what? Right. And I think the signal that that sends to the public, not the people who are following the letter, yeah, or the law, it's the public is that that they the the, the court has basically rubber stamped that. Now but whether, whether or not that's true or not, but is, I'm just saying what the is signal, your solution the to national to security, security issues? No, listen, I don't. You can't just open the borders. What do you say about I think forty-five uh, Muslim majority nations that are not included in the ban? Oh my about God! Well, so, 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 so if I don't discriminate against everybody who's part of a race, then I'm oh, sorry. Do you, you, want, you ask me a question? Do you want an answer or do you want to talk? Because I know you love the way you sound. That's not what I'm saying. Now you're projecting. No, I know. No, baby. I think you do. So the, what I'm saying to you is, if you ask me a question, I'll answer it. Just because I don't discriminate against everybody that is part of race, gender, ethnicity, that doesn't mean that I am not discriminating. Explain it, that. The, right. So this, no, this, I mean, this, I, this, I, this I, is the beauty. This is the beauty. This is the beauty of racism. I've always loved this. They always make the exception, right? <laughs> it's not really you. It's them. It's the other ones, right? It's always the ability to make the exception is what makes racism work so well. Because it's not logical, so you can't really universally apply it, right? So the idea that somebody could have an exception does not shock me at all when it comes to racism at all. It does not surprise. You are never going to view anything except through that prism. I do that want to ask you your, to, no, no, I want you to answer yeah, this. I, 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 I happen to, answer, to be looking out of these eyes. That's true. I understand and I respect That's your I have a prism, final thought, but it's your That's prism. Th- 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 yes, it is. Here's, I want you to answer this. Jeff Flake, though, uh, yeah. not from the South, 
and not a Democrat. He's a Republican from Arizona. He says the ban could be make this country less safe because it could be interpreted as U.S. versus Islam rather than West versus terrorism. But on its face, it cannot be interpreted that way. And that's it be is up to very the obvious to that, that, again. that majority Muslim nations, including the largest ones in the world, have no such ban. Okay. The Supreme Court also, if we're talking about where about terrorists that. have come from, not from these countries. That's my thought. Well, coming the Obama up, administration coming up, fresh off his travel ban, President Trump makes a push for a board, for more border wall funding and push for a new policy at the border, which is, in his words, you can't come in. The panel weighs in on that next. One of the concerns I have is HHS's ability to do this. Uh, we were supposed to have a conference call yesterday with uh, members of Congress and their staff to talk about this process, and the phone number didn't work. Hmm. Uh, so if they can't do that with us, um, I'm concerned with the ability of, of connecting kids. No, that is no Democrat. That was Republican Congressman Will Hurd. He was accusing the Trump administration of just straight-up dysfunction when it comes to trying to reunify 2,000 immigrant children who are still separated from their parents. Uh, this, as President Trump shifts the focus from, tries to shift the focus to now, he wants more money for the border wall, outlining a new immigration policy he would like to describe as, I'm sorry, you can't come in. Where are we right now? Let's get to it. Um, Nan, Will Hurd, he wants, he's from the, he's got the yeah. biggest chunk of the border of any right. member of Congress. Yeah. If he doesn't understand and know where, how, and when, and where, and the, the logistics of how these kids are going get, to get reunified with their parents, um, how can anyone have any confidence that it's actually going to happen? This well, guy is purely looking for a no, singular result. Will, Will Hurd is a, a great member of Congress, and he's obviously concerned about his constituents and concerned about what's happening uh, in his district. So... Uh, the president signed an executive order, uh, as we know, that is uh, intended to serve the purpose of addressing that problem uh, and to reunify families. The executive order no doesn't doubt. do any of that. Well, no, but no. It, it facilitates it facilitates the reunification of these families. There will there, that the the zero tolerance policy is effectively gone. Uh, because he responded to that, and they are making vigorous efforts, but it is going to take some time, bureaucratically, no doubt, well, to bring the, children well, and parents back on together. On this one, this is where my head starts to spin, because the president is saying, and he just said in this meeting, yeah. the policy needs to be, we don't need more judges down there, we need more border security down there, and the, our border policy is, sorry, you can't come in. At the same time, the reporting from Border Patrol telling reporters mm -hmm. that they have gone back to catch and release. If you come in illegally, they catch you, they give you, they, they give you a summons, ankle bracelet in some places, but they release you because they can't round everybody up, unlike how the president wants it to be. It's like the president is saying one thing, but his government is functioning completely separate from what he's talking about. And when asked about the details of this new executive order, the White House continues to say, well, Congress needs to figure out a permanent legislative fix, which, you know, may be true, but the way in which Congress operates, especially on the issue of immigration, it's unlikely it that they can pass anything uh, related to this, and especially since the president just last week said, why even bother to Congress? Saying, Again, why even bother saying legislating? Thing, because saying one thing and the government continues to function at a matter. different yeah. level on this one. How do you think this ends up shaking up? 
I don't know because I, I don't I don't think that the that the executive order addresses reunification. It just says you know we're going to stop we're, the, the, this way we're prosecuting these families and separating them. But you know I don't I never thought I would agree with Ted Cruz, but we need to have more more uh, judges there. If we, if we can pass a 1.5 trillion dollar tax cut, we can deal with this issue of. Securing our border in a way that we just, if these people are not, they're not running over the border and trying to hide in the shrubs. They're literally coming in and turning themselves over to people and saying, I am here to apply for asylum, right? We just need a better system of dealing with them in a timely fashion so that you don't have to hold families in cages or kids in cages for over the 20 days that the Flores the uh, uh, ruling says. I mean, we should, this is not an unworkable right. thing. It's, that's why it's, it's everyone is banging their heads thing. against the wall. Do you think the, the Supreme Court decision impacts this immigration law? No, I don't think it impacts it in any way. And I happen to, while I may think that um, they were correct on the travel ban, um, I disagree completely with the president's approach at the border. What he doesn't seem to understand is that this is a refugee crisis, that these people who come to the border with children are fleeing violence, uh, and some, some of it's domestic violence, but it's not just like a husband hitting the wife and getting away with it. It's when the wife no, goes to the government, the government says he's got a right to do that. He's a man. Well, that means that the government well, is participating in the violent process, and it becomes political then. And, and you need a system that will enable these families to be taken care of and processed, and we just don't have it in place yet. And we'll keep asking the questions, but I we honestly judge. We need hundreds. There you go. We need hundreds. Charles is right. We need hundreds. This is day 523 of President Trump's administration. This is also day, uh, also 133 days until the midterm elections. That's the State of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks all.